Um, the reason we look into the Bible is because it's God's Word. And it's better than anything I could come up with to say. And so anything I say, we want to first uh, say what's in the Word, base any comments we have off of that. Matter of fact, we'll ask you to turn to Philippians chapter 1. It's a place we've been looking for the past several weeks. In, we've been talking uh, along the, this lines, becoming a person of excellence. How many have enjoyed this series so far? Becoming a person of excellence. And uh, this is something so strong on my heart because it's something that's so lacking in the body of Christ. The church needs to hear about excellence. Amen. Amen. Because they seem to be experts in uh, the opposite of excellence in so many areas. All right. But that's not us. That's certainly not me. It's certainly not you. We are people of excellence as we've uh, been looking at. And we used as our text this verse in verse 9 where Paul's praying for the church at Philippi. And he said, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. He's praying that you might know more. Amen. So that you may be able to discern what is best. The King James says that you may be able to prove things that are excellent. Amen. So Paul was praying specifically for the church that they would be able to see those things that are excellent and therefore acceptable to the Lord. Amen. Why would he have to pray that? Because everybody doesn't automatically know these things. Right? We said to you before, I mean, it's possible for people to be around bad music and think it's great. <laughs> what they don't know that, why they haven't developed themselves to be able to tell the difference. See, I mean, I'm a musician, so... Um, I, I'm very aware of the fact that sometimes the, what people are jumping up and down and screaming about is really very not, not very well done. And if they weren't drunk, they wouldn't think it was well done either. You know. <laughs> Amen. I mean, the more you drink, the better it sounds. Uh, and I don't drink. But I've heard from other people. I mean, I've been around people that were drinking before. I mean, the more they drank, the better every, the better every woman looked in the place to, the, to these men. <laughs> I better stop right there. So we want to be people of excellence. And here again, spiritually speaking, that's not something automatic. You develop in it. And so that's why we didn't just talk about excellent, but excellence, but becoming a person of excellence. It's a process. And we've said many things. I'm going to ask you to turn now to 1 Corinthians 6. And we're going to minister today uh, along a real specific path. Last week, of course, we talked about the subject of financial excellence. And uh, we may have lost a few people in that one, huh? <laughs> how, many thought it was, how many at times it was a little bit uncomfortable to take in? And it's okay if it is. You know what? The truth, if it's the truth is going to sometimes be a touch uncomfortable. But if you do it, it will work freedom in your life. Amen. And you'll be so happy about it later. Well, this is, uh, this is an area, if you thought last week was difficult to receive, difficult to hear, and, uh, you know, I, I told you at the beginning of this series, you, ha you promised, those of you that were here, you promised not to leave the church over this series. I made you promise. And uh, today we might as well just confess, uh, why don't you say this, I love Pastor Joel. I love Pastor. It doesn't matter what he says today, 
If it's the word of God, I'm going to receive it. The, uh, the fact that I'm talking about these things today and uh, as we finish this series, it says a lot about you. Because there are a lot of people that if a preacher said some of these things, uh, most of the crowd would leave permanently. <laughs> Amen. But God knows better about you. So um, today we're going to talk about physical excellence. Physical excellence. Did you find 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, towards the end of the chapter, it says this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. And there, then it says, therefore, honor God with your what? Body. Your body. It says that our bodies. Now, not you understand that man is not just a body. But man is a spirit being. Man has a soul. That's, that's the, uh, the seat of your mind and your will and your emotions. That's your soul. And, but then we also have a body. Of course, our world is extremely, almost 100% body conscious. I mean, when they see somebody, they see the body first, right? God is the opposite. He looks at somebody, he sees the spirit first. And of course, we want to be more like the Lord uh, than like the world. But having said that, this specifically talks about our outer man, our bodies are the temple of the spirit of God. Did you know that if you're, Christ, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, and what I mean by that, if, if you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've been what the Bible calls born again, if you say, I'm not sure, you probably haven't been, but you can be. Um, if, you, if that's the case with you, then God lives in your spirit. And your body is the temple that houses him. Amen. Your body is not just your own to do with whatever you want. If you serve God. You belong to the Lord. You know, he owns us a couple times over. He owns us by the virtue of the fact that he created us. Amen. And then he owns us again by the fact that he sent Jesus to redeem us from sin. But aren't you glad that he doesn't just take ownership? He allows us to make the choice that we're going to serve and submit to him. But our bodies are the temple of the Spirit of God. And we're commanded here to glorify God in our bodies. Could we just stop the, the service right now and ask the question, are you glorifying God in your body? Does your body glorify God? Well, we're going to attempt to address some of that with God's help. But the temple of the Spirit of God... You know, in the Old Testament days, there was a physical temple, a building and a glorious building. What was that temple like? Could we say it was excellent? Now, if you don't know anything about the temple of God that Solomon built in, in uh, Old Testament days, I mean, it was the equivalent of billions of dollars today. Everything was wallpapered in gold. I mean, solid gold. Everything was absolutely done exquisitely. And it was the temple. It was the place where God chose to put his presence and live and dwell. And his temple today is not in a building made with hands, but it is in the people of his church. He lives in us. What kind of temple should the Lord have today? Should it be worse than the temple in Old Testament days? Hmm? 
No, it should be, at least should be as good. It was excellent then. It should be excellent now. And the temple of God is what? Our bodies. Our bodies. You know, our bodies are members of the body of Christ eternally. Um, I've said just a moment ago that our society is way over in the ditch on the side of the road concerning attention to the body, right? I mean, everything is sex, 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 and, and uh, you know, your body this and your body that. But I want you to know that the church, in, in fighting against that, has gotten into the ditch on the other side of the road. And it's not the fault of the people. It's, fault of, it's the fault of the preachers who preached them there over into the ditch. And uh, they, they've said, if you're turned on to Christ, your body doesn't matter anymore. And that's not true either. You know that we live in a country that's getting larger by the day, not just by people getting born, but I mean larger with, more, with pound upon pound upon pound. Every day, America is increasing in the wrong way. And nowhere are people getting wider faster than in the church. Come on, put, look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad I came today. This is good already. And listen, physical excellence, we're going to talk about this. It needs to start with a pastor. We have an epidemic called fat preacheritis in our country, too. Amen. And you don't look at me with your religious eyes and say, well, that's easy for you to say, pastor, because you're not 100 pounds overweight. Well, listen, you can be out of shape and skinny. And I have been that. <laughs> and I've also been where I couldn't button my britches. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. I'm not saying that I'm the, uh, I'm the ultimate of anything because I know I'm not. But, uh, they, you know, there are people of physical excellence as well as financial excellence in the world. They steer clear of the church and of Christ because of, they look at Christians and they see broke, fat, out of shape people. And who wants to join up with that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me try and get onto some safe territory, if I might, today. You know, God only created two adult humans. Adam and Eve. That's the only record of adult humans that God created that we know about. I mean, even the Lord Jesus. Uh, God was certainly very, very involved, but he was born a baby. And so... We don't have a detailed description of what Adam and Eve looked like necessarily, but we do know that they were part of God's creation. And the Bible says that everything God created was excellent in every way. So they must have been excellent in every way. Um, we do know that Adam was very impressed when he saw Eve. I don't know if you've heard the joke where, uh, you know, God and Adam were talking and and the Lord said, uh, Adam, I'm going to create someone for you. And man, you are going to just love her. She's going to be absolutely perfect. She's going to cook three hot meals for you a day. And um, she's, she's going to, I mean, you don't even want me to talk about the, the, the sex part of it. And oh, Adam, it's going to be absolutely perfect. She's just going to be the absolute most glorious thing I've ever created for you. And Adam said, well, Lord, how much is this going to cost? And the Lord said, an arm and a leg, arm and a leg. And, and Adam said, well, what can you get for a rib? And, and well, the rest is history. <laughs> but what do we know about, the, about Adam and Eve? Let me, can, is it safe to say that Adam was probably not created with a big gut <laughs> hanging over? Hmm? You know, man, if you stand in the shower and you look down and you can't see anything past your belly. <laughs> um, 
you might not want to call it excellence. Huh? You can't see feet or anything else down there. Oh, Lord. Everybody say, I still, I still love you. Is it safe to say that Eve did not have roll upon roll of cellulite? Come on. In the, in the area where normal sized parts are supposed to be? Is that, would you say that that's safe when God created the, the first man and the first woman? For them to have been created excellent in every way means that physically they were a pretty decent specimen. And the opposite of physical excellence, just like in every other area, we've been using this term low lives. And, and so uh, we don't want to be physical low lives. The reason people are are the same reasons that people get in trouble in other areas because they violate spiritual laws and then they violate natural laws. Amen. And of course, in the area of physical excellence, violating natural laws, people have a good idea. You know, we're talking about uh, applying the laws of nutrition and exercise. You know, what, those are things you're supposed to learn in, in health class and instead of just, you know, uh, the other things that they teach. And, but spiritually, you have to walk according to the truth and the knowledge that your bodies are part of Christ. And then... When you look in the mirror, you have to be able to respond to what you see with faith instead of despair. Right? How many never clean your mirror because you don't want to see any more than, than, what, you, than what you've seen? Amen. You need to be able to look at what you see and, and say, you know, this can change. That's a spiritual issue. You need to have faith for your physique. Glory to God. You understand, or if you don't, let me tell you that there's not much difference between you and the people on the cover of a magazine. You might say, Pastor, there's a lot of difference. No, because our bodies are like clay. They're very, very shapeable. And if you worked at it like a model did, I'm not saying you're supposed to. But if you worked at it like a model did, you could look reasonably like them, minus all the computer touch-ups that they do. Because you understand that nobody on a magazine cover looks exactly like that. huh? Somebody goes in in Photoshop and they remove all the blemishes and a lot of times they thin them out even further. Um, so we're not saying you have to march with the world's standards because that leads to unhealthy thinking and unhealthy behavior. And how many have ever heard of somebody or met somebody that... I mean, they thought that no matter what they looked like, they were way too fat and they might have weighed 70 pounds. You know, that's unhealthy. But don't use the excuse, well, this is just how God made me, just fat and ugly. No, there are some things you can't do anything about. Uh, the Bible says, which of you by worrying can add an inch to his height? Hmm? You can't, you can't do anything about your height. You can't do anything about the basic shape of your frame. But what goes on that frame? You and I are pretty well in control of that. Everybody smile, please, today. But you have to believe that it can change. And do you know that a big issue is seeing yourself good looking, believing that you're a good looking individual. Amen. Sometimes we confess I'm sharp. I'm quick. I'm good looking, very rich and a major blessing. You want to say that today? Why don't you point to yourself and say, I'm sharp. I'm quick. I'm good looking, very rich, and a major blessing. Come on, say it again. Say it again like you believe it. I'm sharp. 
I'm quick. I'm good looking. Very rich and a major blessing. Why do we say that five times? Because so you see yourself that now that's not anything that the word doesn't say about you. God created you very good. Amen. He didn't make you fat and ugly. Or thin and ugly or whatever the case may be. Amen. Glory to God. A lot of Christians say, you know, hey, you just look up ugly in the dictionary and there's my picture. That's, that's wrong thinking. That's terrible believing. That opens the door for the enemy to mess with you. Hey, I'd like you to look in Romans chapter 12 at a very, very important scripture along these lines. You guys aren't going to call the ones that aren't here today and say, boy, you sure stayed away on the right day. <laughs> now, the Bible's God talking to us, right? Do you believe that? And so I've already given you one or two good verses along these lines. Would you look at Romans 12? Verse 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy... To offer your what? Your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now I want you to notice this last phrase. In the NIV it says, this is your spiritual act of worship. Paul, what is our spiritual act of worship? Offering our bodies as living sacrifices. Do you know that what you and I do with our bodies is spiritual? Do you see the verse? Offer your bodies. Who's supposed to do that? Huh? Who's in charge of making your body a living sacrifice that's well-pleasing to God? That's our job, right? And he says it's a spiritual act of worship. You know, the more you know the Lord, the more you love the Lord, you want to worship Him in every way. And when I found out this, it, it caused me to get up off the couch a little bit. You know, and realize, hey, it's, it, it affects things spiritually. It affects my relationship with the Lord, what I do with the skin on these bones. A lot of folk do nothing with their body, but we're told to do something with it. Present it as a sacrifice that's well-pleasing to God. You know, in the, in the Old Testament times, again, when God wanted a sacrifice, do you know that He was very specific about the kind of sacrifice that it was supposed to be? In other words, you didn't go out and get the worst lamb of the flock. You were supposed to get which one? Fluffy. You were supposed to get the nicest one of the bunch. Well, how did you find that out? Did you do a personality profile on the lamps? No, you, want, you found the one that was the finest specimen. And that's the one that was supposed to be the sacrifice. What kind of sacrifice does God want today? Don't presume, here again, we're not preaching condemnation to anybody, but let's not presume that any old thing is acceptable. And excellent. It's not. It's not. Now, a lot of folks say, well, see, God just looks on the inside. Says who? You have a scripture that said God just looks on the inside? 
I have one that said, He looks not as man sees, for a man only looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. See, God looks from the inside out. But it doesn't say He ignores your body. Huh? It, the Bible doesn't say that God pays no attention. Amen. So if any old sacrifice wasn't acceptable in the Old Testament, we shouldn't think that it is in the New. What would be a, a well-pleasing sacrifice physically today? Can we say something that's in reasonable condition? And then if we're talking about excellence, what's excellence mean? Cream of the crop. Top condition. It's awful quiet in this, this free church today. We're supposed to worship God with all our being, including our body. There's a verse, you don't have to turn there, but 1 Corinthians 6, 13 says that if our body will be for the Lord, then the Lord will be for our body. The body for the Lord, the Lord for our body. Boy, the Bible emphasizes the body a lot more than a lot of people. Yes, the truth is that the inner man is more important and the outer man is a reflection of the inside. But we are not to just get on the ditch on the other side of the road and ignore ourselves. I'm not saying you have at all, but uh, we're, we're preaching these things for people that are hearing it today and maybe some other day by way of a recording. Can I give you five reasons why we want to be physically excellent? Number one, you feel better. When you feel good, you can enjoy life and you feel like doing things. Number one, you feel better. Number two, you look better. Do you know that a person's confidence and a person's self-esteem is very much tied to how they perceive themselves? Amen. God wants you good-looking to bring Him even more glory. We reflect His creation. That's number two, you look better. Number three, you work better. Reasons why you want to be physically excellent. Because you feel better, you look better, you work better. You know, people who are in good shape are much more productive than those who get out of breath going up one flight of stairs. You sit down at the desk and you're able to focus better when you feel better. Number four, you play better. God is a God who wants us to serve Him with our whole heart. But I'll tell you what His desire for you and I is, that He wants you to be able to enjoy life. Amen. I mean, the Bible says in John 10, that Jesus came that we might have and enjoy life and that we might have that life to the full. In abundance, overflowing life. Well, if you can't get out of bed, and I'm not saying because of some other reason, but because of the reason that, that you've neglected things, well, that's not, that's not abundance, is it? That's not enough. How many have ever been on a vacation and, it got, and you wore out on the vacation instead of gotten refreshed. Huh? So much of the time, it could be because you're not in the good shape that you need to be in. I've been on vacations, and I'm speaking from, I guess, a lot of experience here of, of times when I wasn't in terrific condition, you know? 
Uh, maybe I wasn't obese, but I was, you know, I just wasn't in good shape. And I've been on vacations and like, can we go home? And then I've been on other vacations when I've been in good shape. And I'm like, let's go again. Let's ride that ride again. Huh? Uh, you know, I have kids. They like water parks and things like that. And to get down the slide, which is a very relaxing and exhilarating experience, you have to climb up about seven flights of stairs. Huh? And you do it once and the kid don't want to just be done with it. You want, Daddy, let's go again. Okay. <laughs> You can say, I'll just stay here and wait for you. You can say, let's go, man. I'll race you. You want me to carry your tube? Amen. You play better. You know, married people, married couples who are in shape have the potential for a more fulfilling sex life. Is it okay to talk about those kind of things in church? Dear Lord. Now, I said married people. Married people are the ones that are be, supposed to be having sex. If you're not married, then, then you don't have sex. Until you're married. Well, we might get married, which is the same as not being married. Until you're married. Amen. And see, then God can get involved and bless it. Amen. Amen. Number five, you rest better. When you're physically excellent. You know, people who don't do anything all day but eat sugar and sit on the couch. They do not rest correctly. And right. You're supposed to wake up with your youth renewed. Amen. Amen. But I'll tell you, the biggest reason why you and I want to be physically excellent, it's not about us at all. It's about the Lord. These five things were about you. And that could, but the biggest re reason is that you and I want to be, first of all, here and available for anything that he would want us to do. Jesus, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but it cannot be any other way. Jesus had to have been in peak physical shape. He had to have been. You don't walk all day to your meeting, <laughs> preach for a couple hours, and then lay hands in faith on thousands of people and do the same thing the next day if you're out of shape. You cannot do that. You die. <laughs> it, takes, it takes a lot of energy. I mean, just to stand up here and minister and do it correctly. You know, I could sit here and just read. Okay, now the next point. But if I'm ministering from my heart, if I'm ministering in faith, if I'm believing God and yielding to Him... Uh, when I'm done, I ought to, my, you can ask my wife, I usually go home and take my clothes off and, you know, wring them out and throw them in the laundry because I sweat. It's work. Amen. And Jesus did that all the time. Amen. Well, if the Lord wants to send you halfway around the world to minister to one person, can you go? Can you do it? Are you, are you in good enough shape to get ready and go? You know, uh, people who are retirement age, that can be when God can really start using you because you have a little more time on your hands. Did you save any health for retirement? You know the saying that most people spend their health to get their wealth and then they have to spend their wealth to try and regain their health. Amen. Save some health for retirement. God wants to use you and he wants to use you right now for that. For that matter, let me finish up here today. Excellent people. There's a couple things that they do and don't do. Number one, well, I don't know that there's numbers to this. Excellent people do not eat low-life food all the time. Hmm? You don't feed a dog cat food. You don't feed a bird fish food. You, don't, you shouldn't feed an excellent person low-life food. 
Are we doing all right this morning? You know, there's a term out there called, uh, if, if you ever read any nutritional stuff, there's a term called higher nutrition. Well, we want, we're interested in stuff that's higher, not stuff that's low. And let me say this, that fast food and junk food ought not to be part of your normal menu. Like, don't be scheduling that stuff in. Let it happen in emergency or, you know, in times where it was truly uh, needed to happen. Huh? Are we doing OK? You know, every once in a while I look and see a scowl and and uh, the Bible says not to be afraid of their faces. So I am not afraid of you. Amen. Don't just schedule in. And let me say this, a lack of organization and planning in your life is not the excuse for eating at McDonald's five times a week. Huh? Well, we just don't have time to plan a menu because you didn't plan. Hello. Have a diet that consists, you know, like the main parts of it are fruits and vegetables and, and lean meats and whole grains and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And I know what people think. Well, the kids, your kids will eventually get hungry. And they will eat what you serve them eventually. Huh? And they're not going to die in the meantime. Don't worry about it. And hey, then, then when they're eating a good diet, well, then you can reward them. Amen. And it's not their main, you know, chicken fingers aren't their main thing that they eat every day. Huh? But, you know, there's low fat hot dogs. We found them. We go looking for that stuff. And I wouldn't say low. There's reduced. And uh, you know what? You, there's there's uh, burgers that you can put on the grill that when you put them on, they're this big. And then when you take them off, they're this big. That's why. Because they were full of fat. But there's also like yeah, the turkey. The ground turkey. I mean, you put them on and the thing's the same size as when you put them on. And just you don't have to tell your kids what it is. It's a burger. Right. I mean, you can, it's OK to you. If you're eating right, you can eat things and that are fun, too, in small portions. Excellent people don't let themselves go. How many know that if you do nothing, your body will take over and you will become the blob? Huh? Excellent people don't just let themselves go. How many times have you seen, I've seen this so many times, uh, known people before they were married and while they were dating. And man, while they were courting each other, man, he was Mr. Buff. And she, she was Slim Susie. And all of a sudden they got married and you didn't see him for a while. And you see him about six months later. And I mean, you know, her face is all puffed out and you know, he's, he's huge. And you can't say anything, but you know what happened? What happened? Well, once they got the ring on the finger, I don't need to try and win her anymore. But that's not, see, you were doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're a person of excellence, you don't let yourself go. A, a person of excellence, besides having an EX word that says excellence, they also have another EX word called exercise. And here again, you know, I wanted to concentrate on what we did and not preach uh, diet and exercise to you because you can find out that information elsewhere. But find out what works for you and stick to it and do it. Right. Amen. Would you look at one more verse as we close today? Glory to God. Pastor's doing great with the time. God's helping me. 
Uh, did I tell you what verse to look at? Okay, I was getting a head start. 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9. Talking about becoming a person of excellence. What you and I do physically represents the Lord. It's important. Don't gorge yourself on donuts after every service. <laughs> First Corinthians 9. Now, I'd like you to look at verse 24. This is the Apostle Paul talking. Paul, how many know, was a busy man. Paul was uh, very scholarly. He, tr he trained himself well, he was trained under some of the best teachers in the land. He was, he was a rabbi. And uh, then Paul, of course, became a believer. And he was very busy. He traveled a lot and also had to work to support himself. He was a tent maker because not all the churches had revelation on supporting him at the time. Some of that came later. So Paul was extremely busy. But I want you to notice what he says in verse 24. He says, do you not know that in a race... All the runners run, but only one gets the prize. And isn't that true? Right? They don't hand gold medals to everyone. Run in such a way as to get the prize. He's talking about excellence. Excellence, uh, the person that gets the prize is not the low-life runner. Right? The person that gets the prize is the one who did an excellent job. Everyone, verse 25, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, and he's not really even talking about physical things here, but it very much applies. Verse 26 says, Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No. Look at verse 27. I beat my what? Body. I beat my body. He's not talking about literally abusing himself. He's just talking about being rough and very strict and very disciplined with a part of his being called his body. Right. I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Listen, your body and my body, and I'm talking about yours Yours will do anything you let it do. Your body has desires that are wrong. Your body will want to stay up all night and sleep all day. Hmm? Your body will want to eat at three o'clock in the morning unless you, unless you put it into strict training. Now, it's, it's, like, it's like a puppy. Puppies will do anything that you let them do. Hmm? If you don't give it any guidelines, I mean, it'll chew all the furniture. It'll think this is my dinner. The furniture. Just chew it. And don't you know you have to be strict? And, uh, I mean, sometimes they don't get it the first time. You say no, and it sits there looking and smiles at you and goes right at it. And so you got to say no. But don't you know you can train that puppy? And if you train it right, man, you can give it a look and it won't even think about doing that. Huh? Uh -huh. But that puppy is still in the dog. That puppy still wants to. Yep. But what? You trained it. Right. And it's not such a hard time because he just does not want to get in trouble. Mm 
Your body's the same way. Hmm? Oh, pastor, I just don't know. I, every, I can't help eating all the dessert in the refrigerator every time. I just can't help it. Yeah, you can. You haven't been the master. You let the body be the master. I just can't wake up. 10 o'clock in the morning is a ridiculous time to have a church service. That's uh, ridiculous. I can't wake up. Yes, you can. You've just let your body rule you. Hmm? You've got to be the master. Well, now, who am I talking about when I say you and your body? I'm talking about you, the inner man, needs to, needs to be rough with you, not with other people. huh? Everybody, oh, girl, you work out. Come on. I don't want to see any of that. No, you don't be rough on other people. You be rough with you. You take you by the ear. You take you by the nap of the neck. And you run yourself over to the treadmill. Here we go. That's how I exercise. Never once do I wake up and say, Whoa, glory to God, we're going to go jog. Where's my jogging shoes? Where's my running shoes? Oh, glory to Where's those weights? Where are they? No, every single time I'm hoping it'll change someday to where I want to. But, but every time it's okay, here we go. We're doing it. Well, I just can't do that. You get yourself to work every day, don't you? Huh? You have things that you do. And obviously, you're some of the few that get yourself to church at 10 o'clock, you know, and can do it. You can do it. But you have to be strict with you. You have to train you. You have to, you know, beat you and be rough with you. And when your body says, well, this is what we're going to do, you say, oh, yeah, over my... <laughs> Amen. And you can get you. Your body can become like that puppy. I mean, your body says, "Ooh, a half gallon of ice cream. Here we go. I'm going to get a spoon in each hand. And your spirit can say, no, you don't either. And your body's going to say, well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want any ice cream. Let's walk right away. But how many know until you get strong on the inside about it? Your body said, I'm going to get me a scoop in this hand and a spoon in this hand. We're going for it. And if you're weak spiritually, you say, oh, you shouldn't do that. And your body says, shut up, we're eating. Huh? And how many have been there? But it can change. All you have to do is get that man on the inside stronger than the body on the outside. And you say to the body, no. And the body says, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We do whatever you say because you'll feed us someday. Amen. Physical excellence. <laughs> this is all about stewardship. And, you know, what are you doing and what am I doing with the resources that God has already given me? Are we pretending that everything else is important except for some of these things that God's given us that we're supposed to be managers of? That's why we talk specifically about money. Huh? Because that's something that we are to be managers of. That's why we're talking about our body. We are stewards of our body. And if you're not faithful in taking care of what you've already been given, you're not going to qualify for more. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is good, huh?